Welcome to the second episode of Generation Space. I'm your host, Christopher Clicks, and today we are going to talk a bit about autonomous driving, vision systems, how computers think, how they kind of use the, the input data to calculate and infer um, traffic, uh, cars that appear out of nowhere and what's basically what we as humans take for granted when we drive our cars through the streets and basically the difference that a car has to or is challenged with or rather a, a computer or a neural network or whatever it might be a program is challenged with when it comes to um, all those obstacles that uh, for a computer seem to be um, actually quite random so let's first take uh, talk about naturally what comes to mind is a tesla tesla by far has one of the most advanced autonomous driving systems um, that are currently available to to the public so to speak so everybody can if they have the the cash uh, technically buy a tesla and you get the new um basically the um, the circuit board that has those two redundant neural networks. I believe um, they... So I don't want to say something that is wrong, but as far as I know, those two um, parts of the, of the chip are basically just as backup and in case something should... Um, crash or whatever or, or the circuit board might be damaged the car can still completely work as normal because um, as far as Elon um, said I believe a few months ago uh, the car or basically the the software isn't cl even close to what um, the computer is capable of computing so basically um, the second closest uh, competitor so to speak would be Google's Waymo. Waymo, no Google I'm not talking to you my phone just my Google assistant just and anyway um, so basically Waymo uses a different set of technology and it doesn't really rely on the same principles that Tesla does. Um, so to give you an idea when we talk about Tesla, we talk about level two autonomous driving. And that simply means that um, it still relies on a human driver that could intervene at any moment. Um, as of right now, a car, a Tesla car is not able to um, drive at any moment, no matter where it is um, to, to a certain destination. It works pretty well on highways. It um, starts um, to, at least in the last couple of months or rather weeks, um, it started to show um, the user, so to speak, things like traffic lights or um, traffic lights or, or construction zones. And it is able to kind of navigate if a street kind of is in a construction zone. So, so signs are positioned that for, for humans are easy to read and understand, but for a car is quite a challenge. But still, it is quite dumb when it comes to situations that pretty much don't involve a street. Uh, so if you don't have a street, if you don't have 
some sort of indication that is very typical for a casual street, then the car really doesn't really know what to do. It would certainly do something because um, that's one aspect of, of Tesla's um, well approach, so to speak. Uh, the system is technically always able and will always make a decision. Uh, naturally, um, the car has programmed by software engineers a kind of limiting scope of what it is um, allowed, so to speak, to do. So if the, the um, AI would suggest to accelerate to 200, uh, 200 miles per hour and turn sharp left, um, that wouldn't be possible because then the security system would say, wait, no, that's not possible. This will likely end in a crash. Don't do that. Um, but the AI, so to speak, um, will always make a decision no matter what it is because that's technically um, in simple terms how a neural network works it just gives you a probability which output is the most likeliest or in this case it would mean what would be the best um, best decision best output based on the model it was trained by and this is quite helpful because um, let's be honest and this is not a thing that you actually have to be honest, it's just a fact. Humans, or especially human software engineers, simply aren't able to create a scenario and write a function, an algorithm, for every possible scenario a car could encounter. It would be certainly possible for streets, and in fact that is something that um, Waymo does in a sense, but it certainly is not able, or it doesn't work for... for um, just any sort of situation that a car could get into and this would in this case be a clear benefit a point that goes to Tesla now obviously um, because of regulations and the way Tesla works right now is that you still need a human driver and um, the car is sort of designed to um, well, as at least for right now, to, to work with a human together, but eventually it will be possible, and you can see this with the upcoming project in Las Vegas, with the boring, um, well, the com like collaboration, so to speak, or the combination of the boring company's tunnels and Tesla's autonomous, um, so to speak, shuttle servers from, from, from the airport to the... Um, exhibition area so that will be very interesting to see but again there are very clear defined path and and um well you could say um environment aspects that define how um, the car has to react so the tunnel is very simple you don't have any obstacles you just go the way then the car has to figure out how to park in the station but that's still fairly simple now Again, Waymo has a different approach. Um, we would consider Waymo as a level four autonomous driving system. And what I just teased a moment ago is basically that Waymo uses predefined actions, so to speak. A lot of predefined actions, how to react when sensing certain information or just receiving certain information and data from the outside. 
way most vehicles um if you li uh, live in in the bay area you prop oh, I, I don't know actually if it's no i believe it's in is it in arizona uh, i would have to look that up actually um anyway it's definitely in an area where there is not a lot of um chaotic roads but they're very straightforward i believe it was some of the I don't want to say something wrong now, but uh, it's it's a an area where you have like very clear defined roads, and the car is def like designed to at some point sort of work as a taxi or just a, basically a shuttle service where you summon or you just order your Waymo, you get into the car, the car starts to drive you to this destination where you want to go, you get out and the car drives away and waits. Um, or immediately drives to the next um, customer, so to speak. Now, the reason why Waymo is able to use sort of predefined actions and, and can really say how to react when it receives XYZ as an input is because it uses LiDAR. LiDAR, um, for those who don't know what that really is, the, the easiest description or definition would be it's a sort of radar system. If you, if you know what radar is, you can think about it the same way, but it uses um, basically light. This is where LiDAR comes from. Um, so uh, you can think of it something like a laser that is just shooting and the reflection is recorded and based on naturally the time and stuff like that, you can calculate the distance to this object. And if you do this 360 degrees with a certain resolution, you can get quite a very accurate picture of your surrounding. It involves a lot of data that is processed in real time. And therefore it is quite like, it is really capable, really like in a good position to, to see, so to speak, what the car is um, surrounded by. And if you combine this with a very narrow field radar, so to speak, and something like a radar that is working more on a long distance, uh, you can get quite a good idea of where you are in your surrounding. And if you combine this then with GPS, you now have quite a good idea where you are then you know it's google so you can just simply um, feed in the google maps information and the car is pretty much able to drive on its own through the streets you just have to tell them how to react to to traffic lights to cars to it actually in this case is quite a benefit because um it you could argue it's quite safe in regards to um pedestrians because it can like as soon as the pedestrian is in direct sight with um with the car the car knows and again it it's so almost instantaneous because again it's light it's lasers lasers are incredibly fast as you know so if the car is able to process fast enough and as of right now it is it can react almost immediately and in this case, it's quite useful because if you just use a small piece of neural networks, again, the Waymo doesn't only use predefined action. It's also used like use a small 
part of machine learning, you can quickly tell the car if you detect a like pedestrian, stop. No matter what it is, just stop and then decide if the, like the stop was necessary or not, just give feedback and the feedback in this case doesn't go directly into the, the car's AI model because it doesn't really have one in this like kind of way you think about it as Tesla. Now this is where Tesla comes in handy and has like an advantage because Tesla's vision system reports back to its own car and the entire fleet which then trains the model. The updated model is tested by the redundant system in the car. So, so the car basically... Um, no, Bixby, I don't want to talk to you either. The car gets the information, updates the redundant system, or I'm not quite sure how it's called, but it's basically a system that simulates a decision. So the, the, the new model makes a decision in the car and then the existing model makes a decision and then those two decisions are kind of um, feedback together so to speak how neural networks and training works and based on if the new decision was better than the old one it sort of get up, uh, gets updated and um, Tesla now has uh, I'm not quite sure how big the number is I actually forgot but it's definitely above a billion miles of data pretty much about any sort of direction and cars um, so the cars that are encountered with the Tesla and, and areas, streets, traffic lights, whatsoever so it has quite a lot of experience if you would want to call it this way. Now the Tesla system doesn't use LiDAR and you might say what why it seems like such a good um, good way to to know about your surroundings. It's like pretty much like a 3D, like a real-time 3D map of, um, of of the car and the area around it. And that's actually quite a point where I have... I, I'm not quite sure how I think about this, so I understand the, um, the point that uh, Elon Musk makes about um, vision and I'm get to the, I'm gonna get to this in a second but I also would say that LiDAR definitely is the thing that we shouldn't put aside um, now again I'm not in the software engineering team at Tesla neither at Google Waymo but um, if you know a bit about the technology of LiDAR and computer vision you kind of know that both have their advantages and I believe the best way to achieve the best result is to combine them but we will see how this turns out it could also cause the car to be sort of confused so if the the vision system for example um, that just uses RGB cameras all around the car predicts something different than the LiDAR system returns you would naturally say okay I believe the LiDAR system should be right but um, naturally the, the LiDAR system can also encounter difficulties and, and errors and bugs and whatsoever so it's also not a hundred percent reliable and if you have a well-trained neural network based on machine learning and um, deep learning technologies or just deep learning in general you can quite 
you can get to a very high percentage of probability that the decision that the, the vision system makes in the car is actually more accurate. And this is sort of the, the argument that Tesla makes why they don't use uh, LiDAR. Um, and as you might know, they use quite a few sets of cameras. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what the number is, but it's um, basically enough to surround the entire car. And they also have cameras inside, which allows Tesla to kind of get an idea of what's going on inside the car. It also used as a security camera, so to speak. And uh, based on all the information that it can get through the um, through the RGB cameras around the car, it can make quite some great predictions. And as far as I know and understand, um, using these RGB camera information is also a lot faster, which means the car is able to um, able to react quicker than otherwise. You can imagine if even if it's like a full HD or 4K resolution image of a camera, it is faster to analyze those pixels than and, and basically let the neural network compute um, what the specific point of interest is rather than just analyzing a complete 3D map around the car naturally. And when it comes to um, autonomous driving and system alike, it's important to have a quick response time. Um, the faster, the better. Now, uh, basically, the question remains what are cars actually able to achieve? And I feel like we often forget, and I'm not talking about um, specifically in, in this case, Tesla or Waymo, because they definitely think about this, but uh, many average um, consumers or people who are just generally interested in technology but don't have the scientific background forget about this important question that we don't really know. We have some assumptions, but we don't really know if a car actually is capable of driving on its own. And I'm not talking about, do we have the necessary computing power or capacity? Can we do this? Yeah, we sure can. That's, that's not the problem. But the problem rather is how humans use our infrastructure. So if you recall the first time you, you got into your car and started driving, you were super insecure. Um, you pretty much had no idea what was going on. You were really focused and it was probably quite stressful for you the first time to, to be driving your car and at least the first time you were driving your car through a city. Now, humans, when they first start driving, have, depending on in which country you live, but roughly from 15 to 18 years of, just simply speaking, human experience. They um, encounter traffic at a very early age, um, when you are aware like, of your surroundings as a pedestrian, you cross streets, you know cars, you know how they act, you learn, learn how they behave, how humans behave, how pedestrians behave, how streets are constructed, where cars are allowed to drive, where pedestrians are allowed to go, what can happen, maybe because, um, or, yeah, because of you yourself, maybe ran across the street and didn't pay enough attention and a car just almost 
um, you, yeah, like you got in an accident almost because you were just not careful enough. Those things happen all the time. And a car, even if it is a neural network that has an insane amount of computational power, um, like a mo lot more than we can imagine, which is quite like relative less, uh, like relative low in comparison to the human brain. But um, the human brain does a lot of other things as well. And the, the parts that are important for driving um, are quite, more, uh, quite a lot more like focused. And the, the aspect of experience, I think, plays an important role. Now, a car or let's say just an AI is definitely able to interpret streets, lines, cross-sections, um, intersections, uh, traffic lights, constr uh, construction zones, pedestrians that are crossing the street, other cars that are um, just about to get into an accident. And they are really fast when it comes to reacting, a lot faster than humans would be. But I feel like that the way we over the years and rather, se not centuries, but um, well, almost, rather decades, we constructed our infrastructure system with streets and roads and, and all that stuff that is w what we would refer to as infrastructure is quite complicated and I wouldn't say random, but it's chaotic. It's not really a consistent system. So if you, th if you take a look at, and this is quite interesting if you, you research a bit and you see those a lot of articles that um, talk about exactly this issue or rather topic, you see that things that we almost instantaneously make out as a, a street or road seem from a from an analytical point of view if you just take like geomet uh, geometrical shapes and basically what you really can like extract out of an image that it doesn't really fit any criteria that are related to streets just take a a sandy road in in the desert or um let's say a kind of damaged part of the road after um, whatever, a hurricane or what's, whatsoever that you would naturally know because maybe you've been driving along this road for, for years, you know that this is the road and it's going across, like maybe it just makes a slight 30, 35 degree turn after this big tree that is lying in, in front of you um, because it was just you know, destroyed by, by the hurricane or whatever. Um, those things that you as a human have as experience, not an, in, specifically in driving, but as being aware of the surroundings and being aware of how humans build streets. Because after all, it's not the cars that, or like the AI that is creating the streets and the street is not created for AI, it's humans that create streets for humans. I mean, um, how often, uh, I, depending on, on where you live, but for, at least I ha had quite a few experiences in the past where I 
was driving with my car through the streets and you get into a an area where you usually aren't like driving around and and there is especially in cities there are areas where you at some point even don't know yourself if you are actually allowed to drive there and you kind of figure out how to do this but only because you know how humans would construct a a in like pretty much a, a network of streets and you know how people would might or might eventually mess those things up so for example again take in a, a construction zone if there's something that looks very odd to you um, I'm, I'm trying to think about an example here but but um, um, yeah just just let let me just describe it to you in a like general way there are certain rules that have to be um, met by construction workers who sort of prepare a, a street for construction work. It's, um, it includes like putting up signs, redirecting the, the traffic around the construction, the extra construction zone, um, giving the cars enough space, setting up uh, speed limitations and all those things. And if a human makes a very weird um, uh, wrong decision or, or they just make a blunder and they put up the wrong sign or the, the sign is pointing in the wrong direction and stuff like that. A car or rather an AI would have quite some difficulties if this is like a very unique situation that didn't happen. The parts for any of the cars in, in the fleet and they now have to kind of try to make a decision and then would technically first of all interpret the sign as it is and then it would be need to be able to kind of infer how the construction zone like works to then make a decision if the sign actually is the right sign or if this was just a mistake made by a human and if we approach such a construction zone for example and we see the sign and we are like what no that can't be right and we see that instead of like the sign pointing to the right the construction zone is actually going to the left and even though those um um how are they those those um uh, I'm, I'm i'm missing the word right now those things that you put as a uh, sort of fence around um <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't know. You, you know what I mean. But if there is like a gap on the right side and the, the sign is pointing to the right, the car could think, well, there is space. Why shouldn't the sign be right, right? But if we see, like if we infer, okay, this doesn't look the way it usually does. It looks odd to me. And I see, okay, on the left side, there are also these um, borders that are kind of surrounding this, this path. And if you infer, okay, on, on like on the right side there is like a truck and, and construction workers, stuff like that, you can make up your own image of, well, maybe the person who set up the sign just made a mistake. And those are things that, yeah, I naturally they, they don't occur, uh, occur very often, but when they do, a car would have quite some struggle to, to achieve that. So. Basically, my, my question is, are cars, like, it's, it's clear that cars 
or AIs are definitely able to drive better than humans, but are cars and AIs actually able to use our human-made infrastructure better than humans, period. So <laughs> naturally, um, for most parts of our infrastructure, especially in the United States, I would say, yeah, they are capable of doing this and achieving this. And especially if we, to get more and more networking cars together, that kind of share information and 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 make use of of um, each other's information and experience, so to speak, and we slightly kind of adapt our infrastructure. And if especially if we upgrade or renew certain parts of our road system, that we kind of kind of work together, so we can like adjusted so, so cars have an easier time reading those streets so to speak um, inferring the right information from streets so basically i guess we could say that we could definitely accelerate the transition to autonomous driving um and i also would say that if the government for example would kind of um, actually actively help this new industry to get better and improve and give funding for, for upgrading roads that are um, commonly used and that might be not easy for autonomous cars to, to, be, uh, to use, that then we could accelerate those trans uh, this transition um, quite a lot. And on the same, like at the same time, I would say it's hard to hard to to predict. But in my opinion, I would definitely say that cars and AIs, especially the one that Tesla uses, is already capable of driving autonomously if it would be allowed to do so. And if we would give the car a, an infrastructure that is consistent and that kind of follows an actual pattern and isn't just random from time to time. Most of the parts are based on the system, but there are still too many different um, variations of streets that don't follow at or even if it's only for like a, a few yards don't follow this pattern it can completely confuse a car and therefore is quite a bottleneck for what cars are capable of achieving and i think this is also <clears throat> excuse me this is also something that people don't consider enough and the sheer capability of autonomous systems that especially are created by Tesla, by Waymo, by several different companies, institutions um, and, and just scientists who work on, on AIs, what those are already capable of achieving are just bottlenecked by us humans and if we would want to do this, we could just take the bottleneck away 
and actually make more use of what they are able of achieving. So I'm quite looking forward to to getting more competitors in in this industry and even though I quite like uh, Tesla not only as a brand and company but also their technology I think competition is always good in this field of technology because it just gives us more insights more trained uh, neural networks more um, advances in figuring out better algorithms or better technologies and, and kind of get more data, more information how those systems behave and what system or technology might be the best one for autonomous driving. Yeah, uh, I'm quite curious to know what you think about this entire discussion about autonomous vehicles, what technology is best suited for them and what are they able of or capable of achieving. So let me know, um, well you can't really leave a comment down below of a podcast, but uh, you can definitely hit me up on uh, Twitter at ChristopherClicks and just uh, let me know what you think. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends who might also be interested in you know, just all this this topics related to future generations, the what I refer to as the generation space, the next generation that is currently going beyond what we see as possible and as normal, so to speak, and discover the new capabilities. Not only just to go to other planets, but also to make use of our surroundings when it comes to asteroid mining or just traveling from one city to the other city of the, on the other side of the world but not by plane but actually make use of the the features that a higher altitude like the low earth orbit or whatever you you might want to use um, has which can be quite useful for for traveling around around the planet more efficiently like a lot of faster and um, yeah, things like that. Also, microgravity, a very interesting topic. Let me know what you would like to hear next. And if you have some suggestions for guests, uh, you can go into this, like the, the podcast notes or whatever they are called on which platform. And there you will find a link um, for contributing to this podcast where I can leave your idea or a suggestion for a guest or whatever it might be. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoy it, just make sure to, I believe it's like giving it five stars on Apple Podcasts or whatever it might be, wherever you are listening to. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I talk to you um, in, in the next one.